From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors. With your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Here we go! Get your motor running, hour number three. Braden, Glenn, and oh, Jonathan's gone. Jonathan just exited the building. He had to get out and uh, head over. He's going to be opening up the shop. He's going to be over there at uh, Arrowhead waiting on you guys. He said, before you get out of here, just make sure you mention that anybody purchased anything over 500 bucks, they get one of those drop-away. Uh, you know more about it than I do. One of those drop-away rests. Yeah, I got one <clears> on mine. <throat> So anybody that purchases anything over five hundred dollars, you get a free rest with it. So or, or the drop away rest. I don't know how those things work. Like I said, it's all on you. It works pretty good, and it, what it's supposed to do is, uh, I guess, uh, reduce the interference of the, your flight of the arrow once it once it uh, once it's set up properly. When you release, it falls out of the way. It doesn't change the trajectory of the arrow, and uh, has no friction or restrictions as it's traveling through like a whisker biscuit yes six sight you know it's still running through those bristles and there is a little bit of uh friction going through it and reduces some of it but so if you had minimal, a drop if you hardly had a, noticeable but when you have that drop away it just makes you feel good about not having anything in the way so if you have a drop away and a twister knock on it you got like the world's fastest arrow i've shot it like that and uh at 20 yards it dropped about an inch with the uh twister knock because it's got a little more grain, a little heavier, but uh, you can see it spinning. It, was, it looks pretty cool in the flight. But let's go to the phones. Huh? All the way from Guatemala. Who? Let's go to the phones to Dave. Good morning, Dave. Guatemala. How's it going, buddy? How's it going, Dave? What oh. are you doing down there? Um, I was down here to do a little Marlin University thing. Some folks trying to catch, teach them how to catch a fish. Now, D- D- Dave, do you know Dave? Should we introduce Dave? Yeah, this is Dave Furl from uh, Orlando. Yes. He's also, uh, I think he's a co-host of the uh, Florida Chevy Insider Fishing. No way. I watched that show. And also the Texas <laughs> Chevy Insider yep. Fishing Report. Texas. Dave and you're my cousin. Oh, <laughs> wait. No, not my cousin. Not no, he's my cousin. Yeah. Oh, your cousin. Yeah. <laughs> Now, wait a minute. What has Texas got to do with anything? What are you just out there fishing? All you got to do is go to oil rigs. That's all they do in Texas. Well, I'm telling you, it's pretty good fishing there, but they're, you know, they got a lot of water to cover those poor fellows. And we actually, we actually actually talk a lot about bass on that Texas show. Oh, yeah. Well, so, you, you and I, I get to do a lot of that. And I'm not as good as brother at it, but I, I'm pretty good. I, I like to do it a lot. <laughs> you know what? It's amazing. Now, so you're in Guatemala and you're out there doing uh, the big uh, billfish dealio. Is that what you're doing? Yes, sir. We caught, uh, I had some good boys with me yesterday. We caught 16 out of 19 sails. And yesterday I caught 20 sails and a blue. And I think, I think I'm, I think I caught 55 sailfish and a blue marlin here in four days. Wow. How, what's the average weight of the sailfish? What are they like 60, 90 pounds? What are they? How big? Uh, yeah, they're big. They're, they're probably 80 to 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. They're, they're big sails here. And he's talking about bass fishing. I mean, you'd have to catch 150 bass to catch one sail weight. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but those sailfish, they don't animals, eat. They're different animals, but I still get a big thrill out of catching a bass. <laughs> yeah, the sailfish, they don't eat as good as a bass to me anyway. Well, I don't know, man. You smoke those things. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good. 
Well, you know, speaking of uh, eating big fish and all that stuff, you're a East Coast guy. Uh, I guess you heard about the uh, the celebration on one side of the state for the uh, Goliath Grouper, and on the West Coast yeah. side of the state, we're not very happy about it. So, yeah, I thought that was well, pretty you know, interesting. I'm, kinda, I'm as a Florida boy, I'm conflicted about the whole thing, you know, because uh, to me, uh, those big groupers are kind of a megafauna, like a elephant, or you know. Something like that, right? So I can see, I can see why people would want to take care of them, but at the same time, they're, you know, if they get too like they are now, they're getting so populous that it's it's hard to get through the things. And I, I, I wouldn't see anything wrong with allowing some sort of harvest. I would really like it to be make sure it's all done with some scientific uh, overwatch instead of, of of being so much an emotional thing. I was reading some stuff online last night, you know, and had rabbis in there talking and all that other stuff. And I was like, you know, we can be fine stewards and protect this animal and still take some. Well, that's true. Yeah. And you said the right word because I think a lot of it, at least on, it seems to be on more than one side over there uh, where it's fueled by emotions, whereas on this side, on the West Coast, it's fueled by the fact that you can't get to the bottom. And first off, you got to swim through the thousands of uh, red snapper that don't exist, uh, you know, for, in the federal eyes. And then after you get past the layers of red snapper, then you get down to the bottom, and once you shoo away all the lionfish and goliath grouper, you may find uh, a hogfish, you know, hanging on the backside or in a crack somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Right. When it right. comes to the spear fisherman, and if you're a hook and line kind of guy, uh, trying to get down there to get anything near the bottom is is really tough these days. And yeah, I, well, I'll tell you one thing: whatever, whatever, uh, come up. Are you standing still, Dave, in Guatemala? You're allowed to spear them? I don't think you're allowed to spear those uh, groupers. They're too. They don't run from people. You know, it's like a puppy dog down there. They're too dang stupid to let people spear them. You know, don't let people spear snook and other game fish, some of those other game fish. And I think that that Goliath Grouper, because of where he lives, and uh, I think he shouldn't be allowed to be shot either. Well, <clears throat> I know yeah, some. That's just my personal opinion. Well, and that's a good one. But there are some of them that on some reefs, it's kind of like having an aggressive bear in a certain area of the woods, and the FWC yeah. has to go take care of it. And there are some reefs where there are a very aggressive Goliath grouper that know exactly why those spear fishermen are down there and what they're doing. Now, and yeah. so as soon as they get something, whether it be a hogfish or anything else or a snapper or whatever, it's immediately taken off the end of the shaft, and or at least you have to fight for it. And uh, like we said, there was the one video of the free diver where <clears throat> the Goliath grouper comes up and literally takes not just the fish but also his arm, and he's fighting. Mm-hmm. He's fighting to get his arm out of its mouth. Now we're talking about a guy who's down there at fifty feet and he's holding his breath. So, right. you know, when it comes to saving your life, I said that's when the uh, that's when the dive knife dive knife or the uh, <clears throat> power head comes out of the holster. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, yeah. well, you gotta you gotta well, survive. By, you know, by the same by the same token, you know, if you play foolish games, you win foolish prizes. And to yeah. me, if you're down there fifty feet down shooting a big fish, you know, I've I've been run off the pelicans by tiger sharks. So, you know, it's, you know, something, something down there can get you yeah. anytime. And, uh, you know, I think that's just one of the things that we might have to, have to endure to do what the things we like to do, you know, yeah. bear, you go in the woods to go hunting in some places and there's bears there. 
Well, I always all the dang bears just does. Well, you know, and I will say this: that the state of Florida is very lenient on the fact that if you're doing it to save your life or the life of another human being, then it's then it's no big deal. So, uh, Mm -hmm. but but I wanted to ask you: you know, down there in Guatemala, um, if somebody ever wanted to go down there, what are they talking about for cost and all that kind of stuff? And what do you bring? What do you show up with? You just show up with some rods or your underwear and then just go, or what? Yeah, all you need to come to this, I'm, I'm staying at a place called Casa Vieja Lodge. They're a big sponsor for our TV show. And they, uh, you know, they have very competitive prices for what you get here. You don't have to bring, all you have to do is bring your clothes. They have, you know, full, you know, classic boats here, little Merritts and Rybaviches and Whitaker boats that are just gorgeous. And they've got great crews. And I, you know, I fish all over the world. And this is, if you wanted to learn how to, drop back a, a bait to a selfish and catch it and learn how to use a lever drag reel, this is the best place in the world to do that because you get all the shots. You know, and that's and fishing is just like anything else. You gotta practice. And one of the hardest things for us to do here is to get these guys from freaking out when they see a billfish. Because in most places where they're fishing they don't see very many during the course of the year, even good guys. Right. And uh so when they come here and they get twenty shots a day or 35 shots a day like we've been getting, uh, you know, it takes a years off their learning curve. And they, and they, and they, and they, then they stop freaking out and learn to drop back. You know, there's, they, they can learn a lot quicker here. But, and they also probably like, uh, Glenn had to learn the hard way that, uh, when it comes to fishing with different tackle, there are different techniques. Right. Uh, you know, Glenn, Correct. Glenn probably <laughs> lost about 13 decent tarpon in Boca Grande because we were using circle hooks and he's a bass fisherman. So, you know, he was yelling, son. Yeah, he's trying to set the hook. And when you do that with a circle hook, you know, you just pop it right out of its mouth. So, um, yeah, that's one of the first things I show the boys when they get on the boat the first day. I get out the little circle hook and a plastic cup and I drop that circle hook in there and I drink it out real slow and show it how it catches on the lip, and then I jerk it out of that cup and say, see there, that thing ain't going to stick nothing. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a lesson that it's hard to break. I mean, it's a old, it is true. old habits, man. It yeah. is. Yeah. But oh, I, I, had, I, had, I had guys yesterday who had been fishing for three days prior, every day being told not to jerk, and boom, first fish comes up. The guy's jerking on the rod. He got lucky and caught him anyway. But <laughs> it's, hard. it's a hard thing to do. I was very lucky. I was taught not to jerk when uh, using this kind of tackle, even with J-hooks. Your hooked up percentage is way better. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that's true. I mean, I think that's the natural reaction is just to pull pull back and do the right. thing. Well, have fun what, down what, there. What really, what really helped me was using topwater plugs for bass. You yeah. Because you don't, you don't, you don't, if you jerk on it, you're going to jerk it away from them. So yeah. it's the same. It's the same. You know, all I do is point the rod at it and start reeling. You know? Yeah, you got to let them get it, man. You got to well, let them get right. it. Give them more than one whack at it. Well, Dave, That's we got to go to a break, but man, be safe on your travels back from Guatemala. Um, you're living a terrible life, man. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> I'm semi-retired. Yeah. That's right. You've been semi-retired. All right, buddy, give us a call when you get back. All right, buddy. It's good to hear your voice. All right, same here, Dave. Thank See you, Dave. We're well, big and wild outdoors. Got to take a break. Brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. Brandon Ford, we'll be right back. What, what? Is it airworthy? The question? 
Yeah, sure. Go on and ask a question. <clears throat> Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brandon Glenn in the studio. Jonathan had to run over and go open up the shop. It'll be open. If you want any good archery stuff going on over there, go over there and head over to uh, Arrowhead Archery. If you uh, purchase anything over 500 bucks, you get uh, the uh, drop away, uh, what you call it? Rest. Release. The drop away rest. Rest. Drop away rest. I don't know much about that archery stuff, so you know that's up but to you. Don't, you 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 don't have one on that longbow, you guys? <laughs> no, it just uh, every once in a while you get a nice little fletching burn on the back of your thumb <laughs> where it comes over. Nothing drops away from that. Although you know when you shoot the the Japanese bow, they put the 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 arrow on the other side uh-huh. on the thumb, and what you do get this. See how smart they were. When you when you go to release, you twist your arm this way, so it basically moves it out of the way. You move the bow away like this. So when you release the arrow, you turn it. Why so would you it, do that? Because it's like a drop away. You're taking the arrow off of your thumb, so it's not getting any resistance or anything like that, or off the well, riser. That takes a lot of shooting because if you go to twist, what you call it, torquing the bow a little bit it's going to change the flight of the arrow if you if your timing's a little off that's true it will do that it just takes years of practice and speaking of practice uh talked to a gentleman this past week who just recently moved down to florida from georgia and Mm -hmm. uh he's a guy in his 40s and uh he was like i can't believe i got to go take a hunter safety hunter safety course for the state of florida i got to go take one to get a certificate i've been hunting since i was seven years old and i got to go down here and, and take the hunter safety course well, anyone born after June first, the nineteen seventy five, is right. required. And so he was saying, "Well, how do you know? How do I do it and all that kind of stuff?" And I said, "Well, you can do the vast majority of it these days online. There's different options to do it, and uh, some of them you pay for, uh, some of them you don't. I think the NRA class is is free, and there's some other ones that are on there for like nine bucks and all the way up to like twenty four ninety five or something like that, and." Um, uh, you can take the online course and do all that stuff. And then, of course, you also have to take the, you know, the in-house jobber when you get there. You know, well, he's just lucky that he's living in Florida instead of Colorado, because in the state of Colorado, if you was born after 1943, you have to take the hunter's education. Really? Yeah. So I'd have to go take a hunter's ed- education in, in Colorado. Correct. Now wait a minute. Is that for anybody? What about a non-resident who's hunting with a guide? And you're there on the guide's license. Would you still have to do that? It that I can't way? answer. Okay, but, sir. But I can tell you that, uh, you know, here in the state of Florida, you could go as a first-time hunter or an inexperienced hunter with someone who already has all their That's what stuff, he was a saying. mentoring program. That's what um, he was saying. He goes, I got to go hunt. Like, if he hunted with me or you, it would be basically uh, a 40-something-year-old uh, we're mentoring him in the state of Florida. So he'd still be allowed to hunt. Yes. But he couldn't take his, uh, like his, you know, he wanted to take his son. He had a nine-year-old, or, yeah, nine-year-old, I think. And uh, he was like, I got to get him to take the course, too. I said, what you ought to do about him is send him to Ocala. And he's like, what do you mean? And I said, dude, they got the, uh, they got the. Uh, One of the best programs, It's, it's facilities. The, it's a summer camp. It's a week long. And uh, if you don't know about it, you got a grandkid or your own kids or whatever. I, my kids. Um, that's what I was going to do with mine is send them up there for a week. Not only does it give you a little bit of a vacation, but the kids get to go up there and uh, have a great time. It's uh, a week's worth of learning and playing and all that kind of good stuff out in the great outdoors. 
and they have different programs. If you go to myfwc.com and just type in the words summer camp up in the search, it'll uh, bring up the, uh, the programs that they have up there in Ocala. Uh, they have the uh, Pathfinders Waterfowl Camp Edition for kids 13 to 14. They have the Pathfinders Hunter Safety, which is the one you probably want to get your kids in there on that one. That's from 9 to 14. And at the end of that week, they basically get their hunter's education certificate. Correct. So they're done with it. So it's a done deal. And while they're up there, they also get to go uh, shoot shotguns, rifles, muzzle loaders. They do archery and uh, they go fishing, canoeing, and they do traditional camping activities and all that stuff for the week. So it's not just a, a shooting camp. It's it's an all-out camp where they go up and have a great time. Uh, they also have the bow skills camp that's from uh, 12 to 14 years of age up there. And they have the wilderness outdoor skills one for kids uh, 13 to 14. So if they've got all the other stuff, they get to go out there and do all that stuff. If they haven't um, do all the other stuff, at the end of the wilderness outdoor skills one, you also uh, get your hunter's safety certificate uh, registering for that program as well. So um, the schedule that's out there uh, goes all the way from, let's see, the first week it starts in June, June 10th through the 15th. Um, then they do six weeks. It's all the way from June 10th to July 27th. So you got plenty of time and you can go online and register and do it all there. The fee for the tuition for the camp is $325 per camper. Yeah, that's, and it's relatively, uh, it's worth the money. Uh, that way it's, it's all done. It's a week long camp. They do a whole lot out there and you described a lot of what they do. Uh, but those guys that are out there, as instructors are certified uh, through the state. And also there's um, a lot of those guys that volunteer or military uh, guys on leave or something like that that's been through the program or have law, law enforcement background. So uh, it's a it's a really good program, good place. And uh, But they sell out. They, they get booked up pretty quick. So if you're looking for that opportunity, uh, you can go to myfwc.com, pull up that information for the Hunter's Education. But I will like to you say – You better do it quick. Yeah. Uh, I did say 1943. However, <clears throat> I was just thinking of my dad. That's the year he was born. But it's in Colorado. If you're born after January 1 of 1949, you have to have a valid hunter's education card. That's that's incredible to me. I think that's just another way for them to tax you somehow. I guess I guess you have, you have to pay for it to do that to take their course. I'm sure. Yeah, that's uh there's a fee there. Yeah. There's yeah. always a fee. Of course there is. But I was going to say on this camp, uh it's $325. It's pretty reasonable when you think about it because all their meals, their snacks, all their equipment, all the stuff that they need uh, is all included in this including the lodging up there. So uh and they are covered by uh uh insurance, any accident insurance up there, that kind of stuff. So it's available to both boys and girls, ages 9 through 14. Campers must be at least 9 years old and no older than 14 by the first day of their camping session. So day after they get there, if they turn uh, 15, it's no big deal. But uh, at the time of registration and the time they get there, they need to be no more than 14. So uh, it's a good thing. And uh, they do it every single year up in Ocala, right up there outside of uh, Silver Springs. It's not that far away. It's in the center of the state. So... Really? It's not like they're really, really far away. You're not sending them to Camp Wakanda up in, you know, Back Lake, Minnesota or something. Yeah, they're, they're just, just right off of the 75 street. there off yeah. Silver Springs. It's pretty easy to get to. And uh, if I can find it, 
without using my GPS on a phone, <laughs> anybody can find it. Yeah, and if you like, I said you go to myfwc.com and there's a little search bar. Just put in their summer camp, and it'll all come up there. And they have all the numbers there, and they have email addresses and all that stuff, so you can get there. And uh, you can apply by mail, and you can do the registration and all that kind of stuff. Send in your check, and boom, dang, it's done. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, it is all good. Did you look it up? Did you see how much it's going to charge me for to go hunt in Colorado just before I can even get there? I can tell you, uh, you don't want to. You don't. You're not going to go. I'm not. No, you're not going to go. No, so we is might it go over to hundred bucks. We might go to Wyoming. Wyoming's cheaper. Yeah. I'll go to Wyoming. <laughs> Colorado ain't got nothing I need right now. So we're going to take a quick break. We're brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. I'm Brandon Ford. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. You can give us a call at 888-404-1010. That's 888-404-1010. We'll be back. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. A little lonely here in the studio. It's back back to the old school days. It's just me and Glenn. It is, but just it's all me, right. Just me and Glenn. We got it. And Knock. Jonathan had to go to work. We Knock understand. is here. He's over there answering the phones. If you guys want to give us a call this morning, you know you're more than welcome to. 888-404-1010. That's 888-404-1010. Talking about Hunter's education a little bit, you know, trying to figure out all the stuff that, you know, it's that time of year. I hate to say it, but, you know, summers are coming. <laughs> and, and, you know, you're looking for things to do with the kids. Uh, the Hunter Safety Camp, uh, you know, the one up in Ocala, that's a good way to do it, that kind of way. Uh, you can do it online as well if you need to. Uh, Glenn was looking up Colorado and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, because you was asking, does hunting with an outfitter what does it would cost you, yeah you still have to have your hunter's education card and it has to be carried in person you're supposed to have it on your person and uh, i know in georgia when i've been when i got my license they didn't even ask to see it illinois same way when i get my license it's like it's already on a record or something i don't know but they can look it up online like a cop puts you in the uh, computer and i mean i took my class um my class date was july 30th of 1983 and uh, I could pull it up online if I wanted to get a, a new card because I don't have one. But if I was going to go to Colorado, I would have to have it in person on my person if I got checked. It said attended, yes. And did I pass? Yes, of course. And I could print my card to get a duplication right there. Well, now, d- when you were telling me during the break, in like in Colorado, you can have one from your own state. Do you have to have one from Colorado? No, it's recognized your hunter's education in Florida is recognized throughout. Same way if, if you come from Georgia, Colorado to hunt in Florida, as long as you got your hunter's education requirement, if you was born after 1975, that's when you'd need it, uh, you would be covered. So if I got one from Florida, I don't have to have a Colorado one to hunt in Colorado. Correct. But if I don't have one, if I'm exempt from having one in the state of Florida, you can't go hunting. Then I in, can't go hunting in Colorado it. until I go and take one, even though, even though I've had a hunting license for... Uh, you know, a thousand years. That's why you check each date to find out what those dates are, what the requirements are. So therefore you'd be in compliant when you get there or you take a trip and, uh, you get up there. Cause whenever I went to get mine and they asked for my hunter's education card, I was like, man, I, I took the class, but I don't have it. And then they did some stuff, went online and blah, blah, blah. And there it was. They come out. I always issued my license. So they could look it up in apparently Florida they, somehow. I don't know, but they did. And of course, I just typed mine in just to see, and there it is. 
so I would just go online, and it's amazing that uh, in 1983 they were they put all that into the system, and it's still there. <laughs> it's still there it wasn't somewhere. mandatory back then. It was just a program that started, and uh, my dad was a hunter's education instructor as well, and a volunteer for that, and. So I just went to the class because uh, I guess they just needed some students. That's that's pretty incredible, <laughs> I guess. But uh, you know, we were. It all started with a conversation I had from a guy who just moved here recently from Georgia, and and uh, if you missed it in the last break, if you go and you type that in at uh, my FWC, uh, like I said, the uh, the NRA course that they do for first time hunters and their education course, it's absolutely one hundred percent free. So if you do that one online, it's it's free. If you go to besafehunter.org, uh, where they have videos, graphs, and all that kind of stuff like that, that course is uh, $9.95. Huntersedcourse.com. Uh, uh, over 90% of the users recommended it, say they like it. That's 13 bucks across the board. And uh, hunters-ed.com Florida. Uh, that one there, I love this one. It says you can listen, read, or both. Exam questions are read aloud with pictures to trigger your memory. Learn with hundreds of realistic instructions and see exactly how firearms work with detailed animation. Twenty four fifty. Pay only when you pass. Well, that's nice. I think that one's a pretty much guaranteed pass. <laughs> I think they're going to do everything they can to get you to pass that one because... They want that $24 and 50 cents. Uh, the hunterscourse.com, Florida, fully narrative, illustrated, full of engaging animations and videos, offered seven days a week, customer service and tech support, $29 that you pay only when you pass. Well, I just, just because you don't pay until you, unless you pass doesn't mean you're going to be, they're just going to get you done. Because if you take it, they're just telling you, not putting the pressure on. So you're, oh, I got a pass, or I'm going to blow this money, and you know, taking that, removing that additional stress. I've never taken that on online, but I can guarantee you that if you get it wrong, they'll go, "Are you sure? Maybe you'd like to answer question <laughs> on, twelve all just over trying again. Trying to make it better. Just trying to make it easier. Are you sure about your answer? Try answer B and see if that one works. <laughs> You know, and, have you uh, taken that class before? I don't know. Sem- something I haven't, similar. I haven't done that. But uh, you know what? I did not know is that if you ask and you go to the FWC, that uh, they'll actually uh, help you out with schools as well. If you have a, you know, if somehow or another uh, your school would be uh, maybe tolerant of that kind of activities, uh, I'm sure it'd be have to be something you would talk to a, a principal about or something like that. Where you could give them uh, an elective course where you maybe can. you they could offer, do that? Well, they, I knew they offer that in uh, Hillsborough County. Uh, you can do it. It's like a uh, summer uh, credit program or something like that. You can – I forget exact terminology for it. But you can do an online course. That one, uh, which Courtney done online, is to get a credit. And her boater's education, uh, she got that. So she ended up with a credit for that as for as a whole that would be a you know that'd be a good idea for uh kids and uh for schools that offer like uh uh student or summer programs where you know kids uh, i mean parents that work all the time and they you know they don't get to take summers off so uh you know they got to take their kids back to school they have aftercare programs and things like that that would be a good activity for them to do if you have certain kids in the in your school that maybe want to 
the the boater safety course would be that'd be almost like a no brainer. That'd be a great one for kids to take. Yeah, and uh, between you know here in the state of Florida, we got so much water. Boaters education thing that's a great program uh, to get your kids involved with because if you sit down and and they log in and they're starting to do it, um, they'll ask you questions. And of course, uh, the questions I got asked, I was thinking, man, those are some really really good questions that I've kind of the simple things that you forget about something just as simple, but uh, go over uh, an event plan. If something was to happen, this is what you need to do. Because I can tell you this, when, when something tragic does happen or an accident happens, the last thing you want to have is panic. So if you have a, a boating plan or this is what you would do in case something like this happens, then it's no panic. The, if There's going to be some anxiety, but at least there's a, a plan and you you know what to do. You're not going to say, what do I do? Well, I know what to do because I've been going through this in my mind or going through scenarios. And it's uh, it's really good to sit down and go through the online course, and it helps you out. Because you both – for me and Courtney, when she was going through it, she had asked me questions. I said, listen, you need to know these things. And then when there was questions that she asked, I had to go and look it up myself. <laughs> because educate yourself. Exactly. Man. I was like, man, that's uh, – well, that could be this or it could be that, but there's going to be the best answer uh, so I would have to do it myself to read it and understand it, what they were looking for. And I'd go through the scenario with her and say, well, which one do you think really best applies? Well, you know, I, I and you're never too old to do that. I know our buddy uh, Vince, Vince Noble, uh, he went through it. He went through it again because, you know, he's spending more time on the water. He's out there with Captain Jim Pollard. They're out fishing today in the uh, in the King of the Beach type thing. But he wanted to go back and take the uh, boater safety course over again. Even though he's been, you know, he's exempt from it, he's old enough to do it, but to go get that learning thing, all the little things that you forget about. And, you know, one of the funny ones was that he brought up was the stern light. <laughs> Everybody forgets, you know, your running lights that are on there, you know, red and starboard, you know, and, and green, I mean, red, green, starboard, red port, you know, that kind of thing. You see that light on. But you always forget about that stern light that's on the back because a lot of guys will take it out when they're throwing a cast net or you're back there fishing. You know, that thing's sticking up. You take it out. You know, it's removable. You put it down and you forget to put it back on. And right. you're running back in the evening or in the dark and you're running with no stern light. And, uh, which ain't good. Which is not good. <laughs> and uh, you forget those stupid little things, uh, you know, having a horn or a whistle or some sort of signaling device. A lot of people forget about that. And, you know, how many times have you opened up a glove compartment in a boat and you look in there and you see that old, uh, you know, that three-chambered whistle, you know, that whoo, you know, and it's broke, cracked, it doesn't look good. But you Or know, got it, a dirt dauber nest in it. In their minds, it's in there. So, you know what? It's yeah, in there. It I have it. You know, you can blow on it all day and it doesn't make a sound. You know, you're like, you know. And as soon as the FWC or Coast Guard or somebody checks your boat and they go, uh, this is not in working condition. You know, you're in, you know. Hold on a minute. Let me get the violation hook remover out and <laughs> clean it up. <laughs> clean it out. Waller it back out. There I can carve go. a new one real quick. But it's, uh, you're never too old to learn that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, when I think about what you said about having to go to Colorado and do it that way, if it's a hunt of a lifetime and, and you get a chance to go, of course you're going to go do it. You know, you're going to go do the course. You want to do it, it's no big deal. And yeah. you know what? Like you said, you may learn something. You're like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot all about that. Yeah, we need to look up, too, uh, if you, we get the opportunity. If we get the invitation again to go uh, to New Mexico, to the Chalmers, 
the timbers that you shot us out of. You remember that? I wanted our listeners to go. And they did. But then I I wanted to go, too. <laughs> <laughs> I know you did. Oh, man. That, but if we get another opportunity, or do I have to do it there, too? Yeah. There is a requirement there, but I don't know what the dates are. I think you'll be fine, though. Oh, yeah, sure. Like, okay, they but, have. I think senior citizens. There's. A, <laughs> I think you can use your AARP card. I don't. I don't have my. Uh, I don't have my exemptions yet. I'm not that old. Trust me. I kind of look forward to that. You're like, man, when you get to be 65, you get all your stuff for free. You get to, you know, get free coffee at McDonald's. I don't know. I think you that? can use your AARP card after 50. When you're 50, you get one of those, or you can. You can. <laughs> I don't know. I thought Les McDowell, we were, I thought he was going to jump off the Skyway Bridge when they sent him an AARP card. He's like, oh, man, it's, I'm officially old now. <laughs> sent me a card. I'm officially old. I don't feel old, but, you know, it's one of those things. You're only as old as you feel. That's, that's for true. sure. So. You know, well, I, we got to take a break. Already? Well, yes. It's, um, we're almost done. Knox in a hurry. He got something to do today. Oh, you're He's always got something today. to do. He's, He's a busy man. Yeah. Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford, G5 Feeding Outdoors. We'll be right back. And welcome back, Big and Wild Outdoors. A lot of stuff happening this month, month of May coming up, that is. Uh, alligator permits applications will be coming up on May 18th. Get ready for that. Uh, go online to myfwc.com. Of course, there is a lot. A lot of hunting opportunities, special opportunity hunts. The application period starts up in May for a lot of those locations, so don't let the date slip by and be the last guy to apply for those application permits. Because if you're like me, I have to ask the guys at the shop, man, when do you start? Because he's always getting those special opportunity hunts for himself and his kids. Mm-hmm. Because you get busy, and next thing you know, that date's come and gone. And then, so I always have to, I, I ask for reminders as well. Nowadays, it's not like it used to be. You know, uh, like I said earlier in the show, when it comes to fishing regulations and hunting regulations and requirements and hunter safety and all that other stuff like that, if you're if you're not looking it up, um, you know, no one's going to tell you. You know, unless you got friends at work and all that stuff that hunt and fish and do all that stuff that can kind of keep you up to date on things. You know, Jonathan has that uh, that fishing app that he has in there that is really a good thing to have and. Uh, having my FWC on their app on your phone is always a good idea as well because uh, if you're not sure about anything, you can always ask and 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 get an answer for about 99% of the questions that you may have. And uh, the one thing that I always say that you know when you watch the law enforcement reports, it's amazing how many times you hear the people you know their retort is, "Well, I didn't know that." Or when did that change or when did that start or, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, the problem is if you don't keep up on it, you know, no one's going to tell you unless now the other thing you can do is you can sign up for alerts or any of that other stuff with uh, the FWC. And they're really, really good about that stuff when it comes to, you know, changes in the snapper regulations or greater amberjack or when snook season ends or starts or blue crab starts and ends. And I mean, just about anything. They'll, if you get on their uh, newsletter mailing list, boom, it's it's in your inbox, in your emails. And uh, if you get it on your phone, it's right there. Well, so they make right it so easy you. anymore. That, that sure enough saying they always have ignorance is no excuse in the eyes of the law. They pretty much are eliminating 
any kind of excuse whenever it's so it's at the fingertips well and i know that a lot of people there's you know people who don't do email and don't have smartphones and all that kind of stuff so it's incumbent on you to to find that stuff out it's not like they're going to knock on your front door and tell you hey uh glenn there's some changes they made still, this they, year they still print those regulations that's out. right um not as much as they used to because now that's what everybody goes through is the paperless and everything's a pdf file somewhere on the link and then you can open them up and review it and uh download it if you're having any questions and what, one of the things really nice too is that you can download all your licenses that you have to your phone and if ever you get checked or stopped and you can pull it up it's right there. and of course they have so can the FWC. They can pull your information up and see what you have, what might have expired. Um, but See if you're supposed to be doing what you're doing. That's fine. I was going to say, there's only really two reasons why the FWC would be knocking on your door. Either A, uh, for a violation that might have been committed, or two, they're looking for their gator tags back. <laughs> that's yeah. about, that's, and I anymore, know some people that's, that's, that's had that happen to them. And, uh, for me, uh, I, I've been very fortunate. I, I've always waited till the last to send a, an unused tag back, which has been very rare, but it has happened to me uh, when I, years ago. And maybe that's why they don't give me any, because I waited till the last minute to turn it in. But <laughs> You're done. Yeah. I don't send it to Glenn, because it's just it's like pulling teeth trying to get those tags back from him. He always waits till the last minute. Well, speaking of waiting till the last minute, we're going to invite you again before we get out of here this morning, not to wait till the last minute, to call uh, the Panavista Lodge if you're planning on coming up and fishing in the Panfish Tournament and you want to make a Father's Day weekend out of the deal, you need to call the Panavista Vista Lodge today. I would say today would be a good day to do it. And reserve your cabin or your RV spot or your camping spot or anything like that. And uh, also you can go ahead and pay your entry fees and all that kind of stuff too And, and uh, for the Panfish Challenge. 25 bucks per boat. Not per person, so and that's the early entry. That's day the early of entry. is thirty five. That's right. Uh, day of is yeah goes up about ten bucks. But if you do it now and you call them and you go and you talk to uh, Jim or his crew up there at Panavista Lodge to make sure that you uh, reserve a cabin or a spot or any of that other stuff. Don't wait till the last minute to do that. Or if you're planning on. Uh, renting a pontoon boat you want to make sure you put your name in the hat on that one or one of the little uh what are they like 12 foot little fiberglass john boat type uh, deals? i think those are they're 14 foot uh little fiberglass uh v bottom boats but they're set up with you know the kicker everything you need and uh just simple and get out there of course they do have primitive camping as well uh so if you don't have an rv or you don't want to rent a cabin you got a tent not a problem sure uh they can hook you up and, and, of course, you can drive up the day of. Uh, really, seriously, it takes about an hour and ten minutes to get from my house in Pinellas County to the front door of the Panavista Lodge, and it's probably even less from Glenn's place. If you live in Tampa, it's about an hour or so away, not even an hour. Depending on shooting up 75, it's pretty easy to get to. Yeah, pretty close. And if you're I I-4 type dealio, you can cut up the back way and probably even cut even more time off of it. But uh, it's coming up on June 16th. And uh, you want to make sure that you mark that date and make sure that you bring all the kids. Uh, you don't have to bring one or two, bring 10. You know, I mean, uh, the first 100 kids that show up and get pre-registered and all that stuff, they get a free fishing rod, their choice of either the telescopic crappie pole uh, or the uh, little, uh, it's like a little Zebco 202 type dealio setup um, that you can go and fish with. And 
We gave away every single one of them last year. We had what forty boats last year. Yeah, we uh we had forty boat entries. We didn't give away. We we had a family that went and bought more because they was concerned that hundred wasn't going to be enough. Uh, that's what I say, man. When you see those kids, uh, your hearts opened up, and people would just go in the store and buy more poles just to make. They didn't want a kid to go without a pole. Yeah, and the people just were very generous. And uh, it, I'm telling you, if you want to experience a great day of fishing with your family and your kids. Uh, that Panavision tournament, it's very affordable. And that's, I mean, for $25 to register your, your team and to get the kids, get to pick a team name, whatever you, you want to be called. And, uh, again, all those proceeds that we generate from that fishing tournament, we do not make anything off of it. It goes 50 50 to Everyday Blessing Children Home and to the FFA Sumter County, South Sumter alumni. Well, I will say this that I was, I was really surprised last year. Because last year, uh, you know, we got all these great sponsors. You know, Mark out at Southeastern Discount Tackle, uh, Brandon Ford, Barracuda. Uh, I think G5 is standing up. They're going to bring some, donate a bunch of stuff too. Uh, you know, GMB Gator Supply, all these people that stepped up. And then last year, I show up and all of a sudden, all these kids are getting buckets with stuff filled in. And I'm like, where, where did this come from? We, where did this, where, how did, when did, who gave us these? And it was, Someone up there, the uh, you know, some generous uh, individual up there that lives up in Sumter County said they wanted to be a part of it and uh, went and said, you know what, all these kids, they need stuff to go home with. And they filled up these buckets. It was a complete surprise to me. I didn't even know they were there. So every year it's something new like that, you know, and, and we're going to feed you. You know, we'll have nettle sausage out there. Um, I, I know that we were charging something uh, when we first started, and it was so funny because – when you were charging people for it, they they didn't pay for it. But then when we said, you know what, we're going to give it away only. for free, donations only. Next thing you know, we made more money on donations only than we would have if well, we charged there was no, it was no, there's nothing set price on it, you know, and yeah. you didn't have to worry about change. And that was a big thing, you know, if somebody this, that, and other. So it just made it so much simpler. Whatever, you know, I mean, it makes it easy to do. And uh, the businesses up there, there's not very many. Uh, around that area, but I, it seems like every single one of them that's between I-4, I mean, between 75 and the Panavista Lodge donated something. I mean, seriously, I, it just came out of the woodwork, and those kids walked away from there loaded up with stuff last year. When you see a gentleman that lives up there, had a, bought him a brand-new <clears throat> motor guide, uh, Troller Motor, and just uh, brought that down there for a, a raffle prize. Exactly. I mean, it was uh, people were just very generous. And I, it was unbelievable the stuff that I was like, "Where did all this stuff come from? We didn't get this. Where did it come from?" <laughs> uh, but you know, that's thanks to Jim and his daughter Kelly. They're up there working their butts off, and uh, uh, the generous folks up there. You know, country people like to take care of their own out there and like to see a great thing happening. And when you got kids involved, uh, it's a safe place. They can run around. There's plenty of shade. Uh, you know, there's a lot of activity and lots of room. Walk around barefooted. You don't have to worry about stepping on broken bottles or cigarette butts or pop tops or anything like that. And it's just, it's just a good family get together and it's just relaxed. It's not high volume. It's not, you know, coming up next week. I mean, it's just, dude, just go, go fish and have a good time and have a good time. That was, that's really the top of the rule list. Is that you? They, you got to have a good time. Yeah, and you know what? I think that we didn't have any boats that were late. 
because it's only between eight and one o'clock. Yeah, way ends at one. At one o'clock, yep, and everybody end. was there till the end. Even when it rained on us that one year, just a little bit, everybody, nobody left. <laughs> nobody was leaving, and uh, we got a few little sun showers, I should say, that came through, and it was still a good time. The kids loved it. They, they don't mind getting out there, getting wet, and getting dirty, and getting muddy. It was a lot of good times. And uh, you can bring your own boat, too. Uh, you know, I know we mentioned the, the pontoon boats. And you can the, bring your kayak. The, do what you want to do. Yeah. Bring the family canoe, uh, solar-powered whatever. I don't care. Just bring it out. I, I will say that, uh, was it Bill George's brother tried to show up with that offshore he, Yeah, but he put boat. it in order. I, I will give him credit, and he floated it out. So I don't know if you want to be bringing no, uh, you know, twenty-five you, foot, uh, you know, open fisher mako up. You can <laughs> do it now because the water's, water's good and high. Uh, okay, get out there and plow us some new rows through there. <laughs> get out there and mm. chop up some of that grass in the middle. Uh, just go out and plow it. That'd be good for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Airboats, they're okay too. Yeah. Any of that other stuff. So it's just not limited to to prop motors. If you got a um, um, Go devil or anything else like that, bring it. Don't sing it, bring it. It all works. Fifth floats. It's got a registration on it with a Coast Guard US approved whatever passenger. Register it. It's all good. I look at it this way. I met a few families that came the first year. I think they skipped the second year and they came back the next year. And um, their friends, they brought friends from school. Which was really funny because, you know, you always want to go fishing with your buddy, and sometimes it's hard to get a chance to do that. And these parents were nice enough to say, hey, look, we're taking Johnny out to go fish. You know, would your son like to come with us? And and they can be on our boat. doesn't cost you anything. All you do is just show up and go. Mom and Dad will cover it. That's so it. It's, all it's already done. All right, June 16th, go to PenaVistaLodge.com, PenaVistaLodge.com. Register, get everything you need to go because it's coming up faster than you think it is. June 16th. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. We'll see you guys next Saturday. Thanks to everybody who called in today. Have a great day, everybody. It's a beautiful Saturday.